and hello to the rest of the world. Welcome to Under the Wire, your home for censored and suppressed information about vaccination and health. My name is Meryl Dory, and I'm so happy to welcome you here this evening. Um, we have a very special guest, someone who I've seen uh, several times. I saw, first saw her videos probably a couple of months ago, and I thought, this woman has some amazing ideas to share about how businesses can survive and actually even thrive through this whole COVID craziness. Uh, her name is Rebecca Lloyd and her organization is Fair Business Australia. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome you, Rebecca. Thank you for coming on to Under the Wire. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Meryl. I'm no. really excited. <laughs> That's great. So. Let's start off by you sharing a little bit about your history um, and how you came to be involved in business and in Fair Business Australia. Yeah, sure. Well, uh, I, um, I'm a consummate entrepreneur, which means that I've had peaks and valleys and more valleys than peaks over the last 13 years. And I don't mind, I don't mind anybody knowing that. And uh, I've also been a professional singer, which is a challenging industry to carve a living out in, but it was my bread and butter for, for quite some time. And I was also a nanny for 15 years. So I've kind of cobbled all of these different skill sets together. I feel like nannying gave me a lot of patience and the ability to be introspective for a lot of the time. And I'm sure that many of the mothers here would understand what I'm talking about when I say that. So 13 years uh, entrepreneurial and doing marketing and, and all that kind of stuff. And about two years ago, I launched into um, attraction marketing and also uh, business strategy for a couple of different e-commerce platforms. And that was all well and good. And, and I was doing my skills and that was fine, but there was always something quite missing. And, I, and it always felt like I was just making money for myself and helping the odd business owner. But so what, you know, where's the legacy in that? And my personality type is always seeking legacy, which is probably why I nannied for 15 years um, in naught to three, which is a um, particularly challenging age group. But I was very, very interested in having legacy. Um, so rewind till about June of last year, and I'd been watching everything that was happening with COVID. And uh, I never really was on the COVID bandwagon. I was very incorrect thinking that the whole thing would stop around two weeks to six weeks after when it first launched. I was like, oh, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's going to be fine. <laughs> two to six weeks max. Fine. And I was extremely wrong and uh, didn't realise that. Uh, and this is just my personal opinion. However, I happen to share the opinion of with uh, many tens of millions of people around the world that uh, COVID is very much uh, part of a very large agenda. And it's only the uh, tip of the spear and it's the thin end of the wedge and it's the shallow end of a very deep pool and all those other analogies that you can throw a stick at. So June of, of, of last year, 2021, I was sat around and I'd just finished a contract with another e-commerce platform and I was thinking, what am I going to do? And, and something just snapped inside of me and I saw, I just... I have to do something and what have I got in my hand? And I am a Christian and that's what we're always taught is what do you have in your hand? And so, so uh, me being the proverbial little boy with a couple of, couple of loaves and a couple of fish, I was like, well, this is what I've got in my hand. So I started having conversations with uh, other business owners saying, we need to do something and this is what I think we should do. And so we started a business alliance and went and visited the accountant and that was around September of last year. And uh, startups are always messy, startups are always frustrating, but um, the ability with what we've got right now is that ego, which often gets in the way of successful startups, has had to take a back seat. 
because we're all in the mix right now. We're all in quicksand right now and we, we all can see the plight of our neighbours. And so with our ego, um, in the space of three and a half months, we've grown to, uh, we've got close to 40,000 people um, across our platforms. Um, we're reaching, the last I looked and I, there's a screenshot on the Facebook page, we've reached about a million people just across Facebook and Instagram, which is hugely exciting. We've also raised um, about $75,000 now and um, about 98% of that is going towards, uh, towards legal funds to fight fines that... Um, Small business owners have been unlawfully fined and so we say we say no more to that. So we have been raising funds and the reason why we've got that so, so much money is because people have bought product or bought digital product, which is education, through the website. And so we've ended up with that much and, and we're only three and a half months old. So That's it's going to be a, a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Amazing. That's great. So I must have found you through some kismet not long after you launched because it's been maybe a little bit over two months. Um, so, you know, you, you like so many of us, I remember when it was two weeks to flatten the curve and I thought, they're going to close businesses down for two weeks. They're all going to shut down and never be able to reopen, reopen again. But now I think back to that two weeks it was insane to even think that they would stop after two weeks once they managed to convince us to do that when at what point yeah. did you start to question the government's vaccination policies the um you know social distancing the uh, testing mass testing all of this when did you start to question that and what made you question it I'd say I was questioning it almost from the very start, Meryl, to be honest. And the reason why I started questioning it was because of the insane amount of panic that suddenly went through the population. Now, I was working back in medical, another job that I did way back in the day when um, SARS came out and, and it came over from China. And, you know, some of us wore masks and some of us didn't and a few patients did and a few patients didn't. But the, the mainstream media didn't jump on board with that SARS. The mainstream media didn't really jump on board with, with Ebola either. I've never seen mass panic spread over the whole world as what I saw with this, to where people who had been my friends and had been my fans on Facebook were attacking me because I wasn't doubling down and telling everyone that they needed to, you know, triple mask up and hide away in your little home until this is all safe. And I, it was right then when I was like, something is not right here. People that I've known for years are completely turning on me and, and using very, very aggressive language and something is just not right here. And then it just got worse and worse and worse, particularly when I started hearing stories of, you know, we all know the stories that we've heard about vaccines. And, and I don't like the fact that they keep calling them vaccines. I feel like the left is very, very clever at weaponizing language and even calling it a vaccine, it's like calling a square a triangle. It doesn't have, it doesn't do what it's designed to do. Therefore, it's not a square. If you put a circle on a road and it rolls away from you, it clearly doesn't have any sides and it's not accomplishing what you've designed it to do. Therefore, if you put a vaccine in someone and it doesn't stop them from getting sick, therefore, it is not designed, it's not accomplishing what you designed it to do. So, That's I mean, exactly where do you want to start, right. For goodness sake. You know, where do you want to start? It's just the whole thing is so stupid. <laughs> I'm just annoyed with the whole thing. It's true. And it's, it is, you know, very 
uh, confusing to think how quickly we've gotten here. Um, I've heard a lot about this mass formation psychosis, and that seems to be one of the only explanations for how relatively intelligent, normal people um, could possibly arrive at this point where they can no longer even function um, in, in a logical or sensible manner. Uh, they are just totally controlled by fear. And the government and the media have, as you said, been incredibly clever at crafting their messages to do exactly that. So, yeah. Um, can you tell me how many businesses are listed on Fair Business Australia right now? That's a really great question. So we've got about 660, wow. but we've got um, we've got another 200 businesses that have actually paid to list and have got their police pack and haven't yet kind of listed. So by the time we get everybody on the platform that's paid for a listing, we will have uh, probably close to a thousand, I would say. But the goal is a million, so we're still a long way off. We need a million businesses and 10 million. Why do we need that many? I don't know. It's just a number I plucked out of the sky, but I think it's a really good start. I think it's good to have goals. I have to say that in our local area, we have a community group that meets on a regular basis, and we have our own local community listing of businesses. So if you need a plumber, you want to go to someone who's part of our group or an electrician, you know, that sort of thing. And I wrote to them today and I said, hey, guys, how about listing on Fair Business Australia? Take it national. You know, let's, let's see what we can do here. And I think that, um, honestly we should be supporting the businesses who support us. I'm going to share a little story with you because I went up to Ikea this weekend in Brisbane. They opened the, the border. I have two daughters up there. I haven't seen them for ages. So I went up there and I went to Ikea with one of my daughters and I did not wear a mask and I did not sign in and I will not wear a mask or sign in. I haven't done it the whole time and I'm not going to start now. And we walked around and we had a great time. And then we decided we wanted to go and get a bite to eat. And we went to the cafe and there's a young man standing there holding a laminated QR code in his hands. And he says, um, are you going to check in? And I said, no, I don't do that. And he said, are you vaccinated? I said, no, I am not. And he said, well, I'm not going to let you in then. I can't, I can't let you in then. And I just thought for a second and I said, how does that make you feel discriminating against someone who is healthy in a country that's supposed to be free? And he said, I'm just doing my job. And I said, just following orders is not an excuse. Um, it won't get you out of this. It, it is amazing that big businesses like this, especially IKEA, which is Swedish and Sweden hasn't done any of the lockdowns or social distancing that we've been doing in Australia is behaving like that. So, you know, I think that people should be supporting businesses that don't do things like that and not buying from places like IKEA or Woolworths or Coles or any of those places that discriminate. So, how are you getting your message out to the businesses so that they know that people are actually looking for them? Mm. Well, definitely through social media, always through social media and word of mouth. I just finished an, an East Coast tour, went all the way from Logan, all the way up to Cairns, doing different business mandate meetings all the way along and spreading the word that way. But it is just word of mouth. I actually attended a rally yesterday at South Brisbane and a couple of people were like, oh, it's that girl from Fair Business Australia. I'm like, hey, good to see you. So it is word of mouth, but the, the benefit with listing with Fair Business Australia is that the money that you're paying, you pay to play 
you, so that you can play with the big boys so that if you do get an unlawful fine, you will be covered financially because as long as there's money in the legal kitty, then we've got lawyers who have partnered up with us now um, that will represent the businesses that are getting those unlawful fines. And where does your consumer dollar go when you're shopping with big business? It likely goes offshore. And retail has been under attack long before COVID. We've had a retail apocalypse for a very, very long time. And the only way that we can actually reclaim those trillions of dollars that are lost every single year. I mean, you look at what happened when we had lockdown. Amazon had its biggest Q4 ever. It, yes. An absolutely massive profit. And the only way to reclaim those trillions of dollars, whether you're doing COVID or not, is to keep your local dollar local. Now, conservatively, when you spend a dollar locally as opposed to offshore, that dollar rolls around and around and around your local community. So let's say I've got $20 and I go and get a haircut with Bob the barber. Then Bob the barber takes that $20 and goes and buys, you know, milk and bread from Sharon, the, the shopkeeper. And then Sharon, the shopkeeper, takes that $20 and goes and, um, you know, gets her car serviced with Carl, the car servicer. And as that $20 continues to roll around, because of goods and services, all ships rise together. And that $20 enables commerce and services to operate really, really functionally within local communities so that everybody can do what they need to do and everybody can you know, feed their family and, and pay off their bills. But if you're losing that offshore, not to mention the amount of money that is wasted by bureaucracy every year. So the, the benefit of Fair Business Australia is yes, we protect you. Uh, if you do get an unlawful fine, you can come to us. And as long as there's money in the legal fund, it's there for the lawyers to use to fight for you. We also educate you so that you know what your rights are to begin with and you don't need to feel uh, intimidated if a health officer comes or intimidated if a police officer comes because we have a police pack that does the talking for you. You don't even have to talk to them. You just print it out, hand it across, and you've said what you needed to say through the police pack. But where we're actually going, Meryl, is we're, not, uh, we're going to be the not-for-profit alternative to Amazon. So right now, yes, we are an educational pro-privacy platform but we are going to be a not-for-profit marketplace. So instead of paying 13 to 17% to list your goods on Amazon, why not pay 10%, list them on Fair Business Australia? And after we've paid for our overheads, which is very minimal, because a lot of it is AI and systems, then the rest of the money goes back into local community. So we can fix manufacturing, we can fix agriculture, we can fix um, you know, the Bradfield Dam issue, we can, you know, completely revolutionise things on the backs of the middle class, on the backs of small businesses, so that everybody can have a say in where their dollar's going. Because what we've seen over COVID is that the money is going somewhere, but it's not going to the middle class. It's going to big business. And that's that has to stop or we're going to collapse. We that's really it. are. The richest people in the world have gotten like 10 times richer since COVID started. I don't think it's 10 times, but it's double or triple uh, the amount of money they had before COVID. So you are actually making a platform that's going to be a place where people can list their products for sale and people can go there and buy them. That is a brilliant idea. Yeah. So you don't go to eBay, you don't yeah. go to Amazon, you don't go to any of those big businesses, you instead go to a smaller one. And this is the thing, it is like people don't realize the power that they hold and the power that their dollar 
and their vote actually um, entails. If people wish simply to stop yes. spending with these big companies, the big companies would feel it pretty quickly. Um, and we need to all make these conscious spending decisions. So um, good on you for doing that. I, I love it. Um, I think it's a brilliant idea. So a lot of businesses are terrified. They are afraid of the police turning up. I mean, we've seen this here locally with uh, a, a pub that uh, actually had police turn up and the person who ran the pub was arrested and, uh, and taken away. And I think that he was targeted specifically because he was allowing people to go in without checking in. He had the check-in thing, but he didn't enforce it. Um, what can people do if they are in that situation? Is there a feeling of confidence from being a member of Fair Work Australia? Do you feel like you're part of a community that'll help you? Absolutely. Uh, however, just knowing that there's a community there doesn't mean that people are not so terrified that they're going to actually take advantage of that. Because I, the, the East Coast tour that I did, I spoke with hundreds and you know, a couple of thousand small business owners who were all enraged, who were all willing to go out to a town hall meeting. But when the 17th of December for Queensland rolled around, um, most of those businesses folded. And the reason why they folded is not because they're bad people and it's not because they don't care. It's because they've been so traumatised and so demoralised and so kicked to the curb for two years by a government that doesn't actually care, that hasn't taken a pay cut, that is actually anecdotally, please fact check me on this if I'm incorrect, but I was told that they'd had a pay rise during this time. I don't know whether that's true, but they certainly haven't taken a pay cut. And so small business owners over the last two years you know, where do they go? They've got mortgages to pay. And a lot of landlords have said, sorry, sorry that you're not trading right now, but you still have to pay your rent. Rent for a shop front is expensive. So I can understand why most businesses did turn around. But here's the kick in the teeth. They turned around and did what they were told to do. And they started not letting in people that, that refused to show their vaccine status. And at the end of the day, we're pro-privacy. We're not anti-vax, we're not anti-anything like that. We're not those names that the left love to call us and the mainstream media love to call us. We are pro-privacy and we have a God-given right to have pro-privacy and pro-privacy is also the law. But the people that have been rolling out what the government told them to roll out, the kick in the teeth is, is that they have still lost business because people won't go there anymore. I saw video evidence of a whole bunch of cafes cafes and restaurants right near Christmas when they should have been heaving. There should have been lines out the door, empty, like empty, like not two people, like empty. So, you know, the government has, has really put people's arms up behind their backs for such a long time. And now, even, even in New South Wales, you don't have to show your VAX passport anymore. That was put out quietly on the government pages. And I did a video saying, why are you guys still asking the VAX passports, you don't even legally have to now. And it's a trauma response. And, you know, the mainstream media is to blame. The government doing their stupid 11 o'clock announcements every day are to blame. I'm sorry, but absolute power corrupts absolutely. Where are the checks and balances? Where are the checks and balances for our politicians? Where are the checks and balances for the police? Because if you dissent, you get fired. And we know that through Cops for COVID Truth. That's right. It's a broken system, and the only way to get out of it is, is right now, before you vote, use your consumer dollar every day to choose local, 
because you can support your own. And then when you can vote, make sure you get out and vote. And I say no more big four, and we say down down at the bottom for all the big four, definitely. I, I agree, absolutely. And I've been saying that too. On the Senate ticket, do one through whatever if you have to, one through 135, um, but put them last, dead last. Um, and and yep. you know, when yep. you were talking about before, about the uh, the politicians and everything, what most people aren't aware of is that the politicians and federal employees are actually exempt from the vaccine mandates. They don't have to face these jabs. They they have an absolute walk away. They can just say, no, I'm not having it. Um, and a lot of people say that the uh, the staged vaccinations or jabbing that have been put on television um, are just that stage. They're not real jabs. Many times you see the cap left on the bottle but um but yeah it's it's pretty crazy now just in the last few days the uk and the republic of ireland and israel have begun to lift all of their restrictions um i think that the uk has nothing left um israel which was one of the most restrictive countries is now lifting all of their restrictions i think they may still have masks indoors and the republic of ireland that was also the same has lifted almost all of their restrictions um and there's no explanation there are more cases uh, cases using a fake test there are more cases now than there were before the jab was introduced but they are saying they're lifting the restrictions can you see a point where there will be liability on the on the part of the government authorities who maintained this emergency way past the point where we realize there is no emergency, where businesses get together and sue because they lost business or they actually lost their entire business? Um, can you see this happening in the future? No, I can't see it happening in the future. And my reason for that is because the government has been doing terrible, terrible things and been selling our birthright and been feathering their own nests for 70 years. Mm -hmm. There is a communist agenda that has been at work since the end of the World War, okay? And people have never been brought to task for what they've done for decades. Will they be brought to task? No, absolutely not. Historically, what will happen is I would almost bet my right arm that we'll go the same way as England just in time for the federal election. Just so that people can go, oh, thank God for that. Now we can just go back to normal. We've got our freedoms. We've, I was so good. Oh, you know, I generally always vote red or blue. So I'm just going to vote red or blue because that's habitual. So they're going to ease the pressure off and people will just go, okay, let's just go back to normal. No. And that's why I say the government will never pay. So the only way for us to ensure that there's a royal commission and that the media are brought to responsibility and that police are brought to responsibility and that the government are brought to responsibility is number one, we have to control the dollar. And that's where the marketplace is going. Mm. This is not just a lovely like little scheme where we make a bit of money and people are happy. No, this is where we're going to control the dollar. And I don't mind saying that on, on live camera and I don't mind who sees this right now. And you know what, whether it's, whether it's appropriate or not, I'm a Christian and I believe that God's got big plans for Australia. And I believe that in no other time in history, Australians are rising up all over Australia. People who believe in God, not necessarily churched, people who believe in God and people who believe that what is happening right now is not right from a moral stance and we're not going to let this happen to our kids. So the only way for us to fight back, because voting only comes around every four years, the only way to fight back is for us to control the dollar and to control the dollar daily. 
And that's why we're doing this platform is so that the consumer dollar can return back to the Australian population. So we can rebuild and we can fortify and we can ensure a good Australia for the next generation and vote. We mm. have to get out there and vote. Now, I used to work with Ricardo Bossi last year for a short period of time. And one of the things that he said, which I thought was very, had a lot of merit, was um, be willing to spend a few extra minutes at the polling booth and actually fill out a stat deck because mm. voter integrity has been an issue for a very long time. I don't know whether Anastasia actually got in or not. I certainly didn't vote. People that I've spoken to voted for her, but she still got in. So who knows? I'm not saying the election was stolen. I don't need to, you know, virtue signal like that to, the, to people who are like-minded with me because we're conservatives and generally we, we think for ourselves anyway. So it doesn't really matter what I think. The only reason why what I'm saying is so popular is because everybody thinks what I'm saying mm. happens to be true. So we have to control the dollar, we have to vote, we have to ensure voter integrity, and we, we actually have to fight the fight. We can't wait for Ricardo to win it for us or Tanya Davies or Joel Jamal or Pat Mercedi or Rebecca Lloyd or any of those people. We have to fight daily. What is the stat deck for? Because this is the first time I've heard about a stat deck at the booth. So tell us what that's about. Well, let's just say that there was, let's just say that there was a lack of voter integrity. Let's say that there were people that were throwing away votes. Let's say that there were people you know, surreptitiously rubbing out things and stuff like that. Let's say that your vote is not secure. Okay. By filling out a stat deck, there is a stack of paperwork that can be presented in the court of law that if voter integrity is questionable at that particular polling booth, you present the stack of paper and you say, well, we've got here that we have you know, 5,000 people that voted for this particular party or for these particular parties, and it wasn't Liberal, and there's only 10,000 people in this, in this electorate, so where did you get your numbers from? The, the, only, the only way to actually question voter integrity, I mean, we just saw it in the States. They're still trying to get access to different votes. They still believe that the election was stolen, what, a That's year later? Yeah. And we can't wait that long. We, we can't have our own, you know, Joe Biden experience. I, I don't want to be like standing in the grandstand saying, let's go Brandon in 12 months time. I know, I know Melbourne doesn't want Dan Andrews still in power in 12 months time. So let's handcuff him so that he can't do what he needs to do by voting in a bunch of independents. And you need to fill out a stat deck. You need to do that. Do you have the form on your website so that people know what to say on that stat deck? because I wouldn't have a clue where to start. I love that you... Yeah, that's that's a really great question. So um, I will say it. So we're actually in conversation already right now with someone who is going to be developing a website slash mobile app interface um, because the Australian people, they forget. They forget and we're a very forgiving bunch. We are. We're a very forgiving bunch mm -hmm. and we don't want to forgive and forget this time around because we'll be in for another four years worth of misery. So this platform that we're going to be building is going to have um, how to vote on there. Uh, who should you vote for? Who in your electorate aligns mostly with your values? Because it always ends up being a popularity contest and who has the biggest dollars to slag off the others sufficiently so that you vote for the lesser of two evils. That's always how it is. Mm. Oh, I couldn't, I couldn't bear to have 
this person in, so I'd better just vote for that person. Would you like that person? I mean, not really, but, you know, but lesser of two. No, we need to get away from that. We need to vote in the people that are actually going to represent us, the people that are going to say, okay, Susie, what do you want for your local electorate? Oh, really, you want that? Okay, let me actually go and represent you. I've been emailing my local representative for months now. I never get through to him. I just get his, his PA going, yeah, sure, we'll pass that along. And here's a blah, blah political answer. And I know that he doesn't care because his marketing says exactly the opposite of what I'm challenging him on. So it's going to be all on that new platform. And we, we are going to run such a devastatingly brilliant campaign. I've already got it up here. I'm already starting to roll it out with my staff that uh, the Australian people are not going to forgive and they're not going to forget not because we're a vindictive bunch, but because we care enough about the next generation to ensure that Australia's birthright that has been stripped away for so many years is returned to her and to the First Nations people. Because they've been experiencing this stuff for a lot longer than the white people, let me tell you that much. Absolutely. And I'm not saying that I'm pro that, but we, the only reason right now that we are partnering up with our First Nations people in such numbers is because we are experiencing similar pain points. That's why we're partnering up with the Chinese people who have actually been marching against the CCP for over 10 years because we're experiencing similar pain points. And so now that as a society, they've poked the dog too much. They shouldn't have done it actually. They should have just kept doing incremental, incremental, but they got a little bit greedy and they came to the table one too many times and took one too many scoop of green beans and someone said, hang on a minute, I don't actually like that you're doing that. And all of a sudden, everybody has woken up and seen that Labor Liberal Greens have got all this food on their plates and everyone else is empty. And this is going to be the change that the country actually needs. It's been horrible, but it's just birthing pains. We are about to give birth to the greatest country on the face of the planet. We are going to be leaders on this planet. Why? Because it's very, very easy to shift the nation that has less than 30 million people. It's very, very easy to shift a nation where 97% of its GDP is based on small business. It's very easy to shift a nation where First Nations people and white people and all the people that have come from overseas are one. We are one, but we are many. And from all the lands on earth we come and we share a dream, we sing with one voice. I am, you are, we are. I was dream. waiting for that. <laughs> I was waiting for you to break out in the song and you did not disappoint. <laughs> so, yeah, no, that's absolutely true. And I saw what happened last week at the tent embassy, the Aboriginal tent embassy across the street from Old Parliament House, where they that's been there. I've been in Australia since 1988 and that tent embassy was old when I got here and they have taken the whole thing apart and destroyed it. And that is a crime against the, the original people of Australia. Uh, and honestly, this government needs to pay for that crime. And I, I'm sad to think that they won't be held accountable. But I'm happy to believe that we will change things, even if they don't face justice. We will have a more just and equitable society going forward. And I believe that as well. Um, and I think that it's really important to have that positive attitude, because if we get down in the dumps, we, we become ineffective. We can't do anything if we can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, the future. So tell me, what is the average day like at uh, Fair Business Australia? What do you guys do there? What do you face? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be completely transparent with that. 
the average day at Fair Business Australia is just like a duck in water, but COVID style. So the average day for me is pristinely perfect from the from the waist up and pajama pants from the waist down because we all work from home right now. We are working so hard. We have now uh, uh, we've got an entire social media team, we've got an entire IT team, we've got an entire um, admin team, we've got a research team. Uh, we have people that have been leaders. We have people that have um, run companies. We have people that have been small business owners. We have people that love sales. I even have one woman that loves telemarketing. So she's going to be the one that gets on the phone and says, hey, guys, you've already paid to list our business, but you haven't yet listed. Let's get you on the platform. So we have so many different people that we're just average Australians having a go, which is why I throw the pajama pants in there because we're all average. When we get up in the morning, we go, okay, what am I going to do today? But Fair Business is growing. We've got 20 people on board already. We're about to onboard another 30. I've got to find jobs for them all to do now. And, you know, the money is rolling in for a really, really great cause. We're already starting to um, give the money away to people who are already fighting business um, fines. And uh, we are going to win. And if we didn't believe so strongly that we were going to win, uh, we wouldn't try. I'd just go and make money and do something else and be selfish. And so would everybody else. But we don't need to be selfish because there's more than enough to go around for every single person. We are so rich in our natural resources. The only reason why we're not better off as a country is we keep selling it off for a pittance yeah. overseas. That's Let's it. change that. The way do you change that? You, your daily consumer dollar. Every single thing comes back to your daily choices. You don't have to be someone that's standing up and, and getting you know rotten fruit thrown at you like I get from time to time. And, and I won't mind saying it's really unpleasant and I don't like it because I am actually quite sensitive deep down. But you don't have to do that. You don't have to stand up like that. But what you can do is just take your little dollar and go and spend it locally. And that, multiply that by 25 million people, that's powerful. For That's sure. 25 million $1 a day. $25 million a day back into local pockets. That's powerful. It and is. that sends a very strong message to the government as well that we're now divided. We're not divided, we're united. A house divided cannot stand. And Australia has been divided for a long time. And in no other time in history have we come together in such unity. And that's why we are going to win. Hmm. We are going to win. We yep. win. It's, it's like the it's world war. The it's like the world war where yeah. um, we had a common enemy and having that common enemy made everyone come together. Well, right now, it yes. seems that the common enemy is the media, the government and the, and the medical authorities. I will not say the medical community because I don't want to include doctors in this. There are many good doctors, but we have these three organizations, these three departments that are actually um, acting like an enemy and it has made us come together. Where they've tried to drive us apart, it's had the opposite effect. And so that's really, really good. I love your story about sitting there with the uh, pajama pants on and beautiful from the neck up because I have to say I've done that myself. <laughs> Zoom. Zoom <laughs> is just wonderful, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah no it's it's very good and it's great to see that you are able to bring all of these I mean when you talked before about your background and all of the different things you've done I think life prepares us to be exactly where we're supposed to be at exactly the right time doing exactly the right things and all of those 
different jobs that you've done in your past have obviously prepared you to do that. And, um, and that's wonderful. So I want to ask you another question. First of all, I want to let everybody know that you have some amazing, very professional videos on your website, and I highly recommend that people just go there and watch the videos because there's great information in there. I, what I first saw was like a, I think it was about 30 minutes, it was a talk you were doing in front of a whiteboard, and uh, and it was incredibly good. And I just said, I've got to get this woman on the show. She really knows what's going on. But um, I recommend everybody go there. But you also have something that's interesting on your website. I just saw it today, and that is COVID tests. So tell me a little bit about that. Are these any different than the normal COVID tests that you get from uh, the supermarket or from the, the pharmacy um, at, at in downtown, you know? Um, no, we, we spoke with a supplier who was able to get them quite cheaply for us. Uh, and it was just through a, a friend said, oh, you know, we can help and hopefully get the price down for small business owners. Um, I mean, the general consensus is that they don't work. No. And also the challenge is, is, you know, where are they made? You know, just like everything else, where is everything else made? I don't believe that there is a manufacturing facility set up in Australia to produce tens of millions of rat tests and PCR tests. So where is all that money going? Oh, okay, maybe it's China. Hmm. Oh, okay, the Wuhan flu. Hmm. So the very people who got us sick, it's like walking up to someone, punching them in the face and then charging them money to get, put an ice pack on their eye. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. And, and I don't know why people continue to go out and even test all the time. Oh, I might have COVID. Well, what do, you, what do you mean? I mean, I don't have any symptoms, but I might have it. Then why are you bothering getting tested? Oh, I just want to be sure. Well, why? <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. So, no, we, we're just bringing solutions wherever we can. At the time, people weren't sure where to get PCRs. And so at the time, um, it was about six weeks ago, which is really old when it comes to media and social social media land. But about six weeks ago, that's that was what we were doing. And we, we still do that. We still honour that. I get very few people coming through now asking for that, but it's still there in case they need it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's about options, isn't it? And if you want to have one and you can't get it, are they rat tests or PCR tests on your website? Uh, the ones on the website are PCR, um, right. but I believe that the rat tests are available through uh, that particular chemist. Right. Um, but okay. I'd have to double check that. Yeah, no worries, no worries. So what does the future hold for you guys at, um, at Fair Business Australia? Where do you see this going? You obviously have a lot of really big plans. So tell us a little yeah. bit about where you want to be 12 months down the track when this whole COVID yeah. craziness is finished. I'm being positive. Yeah. yeah. Well, COVID is going to finish and then we're going to go to the next thing, which is climate change. You can bet your bottom dollar. And I'm saying it now. I'm just being so open because the worst thing that's going to happen is in 12, 18 months, two years time, I'm going to have to turn around and go, oh, I was wrong. Sorry about that. And then the only thing that's hurt is my pride. That's it. That's the only thing that's hurt because there's no money down when it comes to things like that. I'm not asking people to fund anything like that. I'm only asking people to give so that they can get legal support, which is already working. But where we are in 12 months' time, we will have brought down the uh, major parties for the first time in modern history. We will no longer be a two-party preferred. 
And I'm saying it now so that when it happens, I can say, I told you so, because I've already seen it. I've already seen that it's going to happen. We are going to have an absolutely incredible bunch of people in Parliament that's going to help to turn that around. Now, Fair Business Australia is going to have launched its marketplace. We can't launch it unless we have critical mass. There's, we're not the first people that have this idea about an Australian-owned marketplace, and, and hopefully will be the last, but we're certainly not the first. But the only way that's going to work is if we have critical mass. So we need enough business owners willing to go on there and actually list their wares with us. Um, but the only reason why you would continue to list wares is if they're actually selling. So it really does come back to the consumer dollar and consumers have to be willing to break the force of habit and go to a new platform so that they can buy Aussie uh, owned so that we can start doing Aussie made. So in 12 months time, we will have brought down big government. We will also be gearing up to fight back against climate change because that will be the next thing. Uh, we will be in strong conversations with uh, multiple leaders overseas because Fair Business Australia is going global. We're going to be Fair Business Europe, Fair Business America, Fair Business South America, Fair Business China. We're going to release the Chinese people from the oppression that they have endured for a very, very long time now. And the only way we can do that is on the power of prayer. So all the Christians watching and all the people that believe in God, agree with me agree with me yes because where there is agreement you can't lose as long as you have agreement and ego in the back seat there is nothing that you can't conquer we are also going to use some of the money out of fair business australia when we move to a marketplace um, to launch a media a media house because we need to turn around this uh over sexualized woke leftist influence that has really um, taken our kids by storm under our very noses case in point I grew up with Inspector Gadget and it was so much fun. Inspector Gadget looks and sounds exactly the same now. And so as a parent, you might look at Inspector Gadget and I challenge you to go and actually look at it now. You'll look at Inspector Gadget being an 80s kid and go, oh, that's nice. My kids are watching what I grew up with. If you watch Inspector Gadget, you see how different that is. Inspector Gadget is now a fool. Penny is the smart one and it's, it's ex extremely woke. Not to mention all the other shows where the teachers are stupid and the preteens are the smart ones and the, and the humour is just really cutting and nasty. And so we need to bring this back to really good old-fashioned values. And how do you do that? Well, you get into arts and entertainment and you start to have proper news channels because we've got lots of uh, independent newscasters right now. What better way to set up a massive studio and have every single night you have the six o'clock news that actually presents facts and then you can make up your own mind rather than it being opinion a piece every day. Mm. I'm so tired of opinion pieces. And I actually spoke yesterday at the rally at Musgrave. I spoke with a young uh, reporter there. I think he was from Channel 7. I'm not sure. He's from one of the big ones. Just a young chap. Gosh, he would have been 22 if he was a day. He was still wet behind the ears and he was copying a lot of flack from the crowd, which I thought was actually quite unnecessary and quite unkind, yeah. telling him to F off and telling him he was a pedophile. Really unnecessary, folks, and it's we don't horrible. need to stoop to those levels, like not okay. So I thought I'd go and have a word with him and he said to me, and I'm quoting now, um, I asked him a question and I, what do you think about that? And he goes, uh, well, I went to journalist school and I was, I was taught that I, I'm not allowed to have an opinion. A part wow. of my job is I'm not allowed to so and people say well you're saying about opinion pieces yes but people need to be able to report factually and if they are being told a certain narrative has to be represented they are going to report on a slant they're not going to report factually and you only need to see that looking at what happened with the vintage apron with Pierre 
I mean, that, that police officer and the people that have seen the full video, that police officer assaulted one of the customers while she was there. She hit him on, on his hand four times because he was trying to help Pierre. The media didn't show that. They just showed him being escorted out. So we're going to set up a media house and we're going to present. We're going to present left and right. And we're going to let you guys make up your own mind because it's time that people start to think again. And then anything else that we can get our hands in, any, any pie that we can help pump up with some finances, absolutely, as long as it's being used for the benefit of the community, we'll be there. That's brilliant. I studied journalism in, in university for a short time. Um, and it was called the fourth estate because it was supposed to keep the other estates um, mm -hmm. honest. You know, where they were supposed to provide the balance. They were supposed to report without yeah. fear or favor and actually report, not share their opinions, but just report yes. what actually happened. And the media today is so far from that. And it's, it's yes. obvious when you look, people in general are not watching mainstream media or reading mainstream newspapers or listening to the radio. I cannot watch even most shows or movies because the agenda is so obvious to me when I watch yes. them that I just can't stand it. Yes. Um, so a lot of people are finally starting to get that. And I know that Donald Trump is supposedly starting his own social media platform. And, you know, we need that. We need competition. We need, um, I can't remember, there used to be a Microsoft um, a social media platform before Facebook, and it was huge, and it just died almost overnight. And that's exactly yeah. what's going to happen to Facebook and Instagram and all of these platforms that censor people, Twitter. There's going to be alternatives for all of these. And I'd love to yeah. see your um your platform when it comes out and to join it because again it's it's just like spending your dollar it's spending your time where it's going yeah. to make a difference so um yes. yeah good to see all of these yes. amazing goals uh i'd love to see them come true uh somebody has asked a question you mentioned before about the mm. big four parties they said they know of three who is the fourth nationals yeah that's right. Everybody always forgets Nationals. the Nationals and the Greens. So, yep, that's it. Um, I was wondering if you would like to answer some questions that we have from the Please. audience. Okay. Yes. Let me yes. quickly scroll through and find some. What do you say to people who are going to, well, this probably has nothing to do with fair business, but I've got a lot of people asking this. Um, they're going to lose their jobs soon because they're not going to uh, take the mandated jab. Um, I, I say to them, wait until yes. the first week in February when we're in court and we get rid of all COVID jabs. Um, but what would you say? Is there yes. anything that fair business can do about that? Uh, well, I would say get your mandate pack, 10 bucks. It's really easy. And it's at the moment is still going into the legal fund. And that will give you fortification that you know that get, not getting the jab is okay. And you're completely within your legal right not to get not to get that. There is also links there to where you can um, fill in a, a letter for your employer. You can give them that. But something that's come to my attention, and this is quite recently, um, because again, I'm very transparent that I'm not a lawyer. I'm a marketer and I take information and I, and I also present on camera. That's what I do. But so I'm always learning myself and I spend a lot of time reading. But um, what's come across my desk recently is that if you are an employee and you are on a contract, 
unless there are stipulations within your contract, um, there have been some employees who have taken their employers um, to court based on you just changed the terms of contract and I didn't agree to that. Therefore, you've breached contract and I'm now going to sue the pants off of you. And anecdotally, this is what a lawyer, young lawyer told me, um, people are actually winning those cases. So don't just, because the mainstream media is flashing, you know, red warning, warning, everything is dangerous, oh my gosh, and, you, and because you're hearing on social media a lot of other people going, I just don't know what to do, I just don't know what to do, assume that there's nothing you can do, I think you would find that would be very wrong. So get your mandate packed, only $10, till the end of the month it's still going into the legal fund, we're then going to be using that money um, to do the voting and all the other things that we need to build as part of Fair Business Australia. Um, but also, if you are on contract, look through your contract because if there's nothing in there about forced any type of medical procedures, then you've got them on contract law and they can't fire you because you're on a contract. And it does come, come down to contractual agreements. Yep, that's very, very good. So you've got the mandate pack, you've got the police pack. What other resources do you have on the website? Because I think we haven't gone over this. Yeah, so we've we've every time I find an interesting piece of information, I put it in a free pack. So right now we have a QR code pack. We also have just an overview of the different laws so that you can read through that really quickly. And if you're having a conversation with someone who is has a different opinion to you, you can very, very comf confidently um, state what the laws are because they're easy enough. It's not like reading a 17-page legal document. It's really easy. It's a one, one piece of information per piece of paper. So you go, okay, good, I've got that, then I've got that, then I've got that. We're going to be splitting the mandate info pack up into a small business specific and a consumer specific. And that really just comes down to man hours and manpower. We've been so busy that we haven't been able to do that, but it is on the cards to do. Uh, we're also going to be rolling out our business card initiative. And what that means is, is when you go to a place of business and they refuse to let you in, like what happened with Merrill at Ikea, rather than, you know, getting your knickers in a twist and getting into an altercation that both parties know you're going to lose because unless you're going to punch their lights out, you're not actually going to go into the restaurant. And if you do, then you're going to have problems because you got physical. So you both know you're going to lose, but rather than feeling like, well, yeah, I told them, I told them, and it doesn't actually educate because people, when they're in an antagonistic frame of mind, they're not going to be learning anything. So what we're doing is we're developing a business card which has a QR code and it's really based at how you can get more revenue. So we're not going into the vaccine debate, the jab this or the jab that, or your legs are going to fall off or you're going to get two heads. We're not going into that. We're going into do you really want to turn people away because it's losing you revenue? Would you like to get more revenue? Here's where you can do it legally. And then it, it allows people, ego aside, to funnel into, oh, okay, maybe I'll look at this. Oh, maybe I'll look at a bit more and I'll get educated and educated. And by the time they're ready to come and wake up out of the matrix, there is enough support there that they know they're in a strong community because there's nothing more frightening if you are asleep to suddenly wake up and go, oh my gosh, my government doesn't care. My life is not my own. My future is really, you know, not, not. I don't know. It's far easier to think you guys are a bunch of tinfoil hat wearers and we're facing a virus and I just need to stay physically safe. That is far easier than the alternative. So you yes. need to have grace for people who 
you're entering into those kind of conversations, that it's fear talking and often fear masquerades as aggression because it's move away from me, you're frightening me, I don't want to talk about it, stop, just stop, and that will come as aggression so they can protect themselves. So instead of getting into those conversations, smile, hand them a business card, and later when they're not in a state of fear and they can potentially receive information, they can scan the, uh, the QR code, they can get some nice information, and that's how we end up with our million business owners all being willing to sign up to a pro-privacy, pro-Australian, uh, not-for-profit alternative to Amazon um, Marketplace in the future. Yep, no, that's really good. And you're right, people are totally possessed by fear right now, certain people. And it is very confronting to suddenly realize that you've been lied to for all this time and you bought it. And I think a lot of people, again, it brings in the ego. I couldn't have been that silly that I would have believed this. So, you know, it they have yeah. to somehow protect themselves by thinking, no, you're wrong. I've been right. The people who told me this were also right. So we have to get past this. We have to get past this whole thing. And, and instead of driving people apart, just start forming communities and making sure that we support each other, no matter what our beliefs are. So uh, there's a lot of people here saying, yes, they agree with you about the prayer. So you definitely have a lot of support there. Um, Yeah. (laughs) MySpace. Okay, Rowena, thank you so much. Yeah. Oh, somebody just reminded me about the name. No, no, go ahead. We've got a big delay. I'm so sorry. Sorry, folks, we've got a big delay here. I just want to say that I was actually studying scripture today and um, the, the verse that really, and I, I just feel really emotional when I say this, that unless the Lord builds the house, the laborers labor in vain. And so we must seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And kingdom is not just salvation, folks. Kingdom is heaven on earth. And what's happening right now in Australia is not heaven on earth. It's hell on earth right now. And so as long as we choose to, Um, come under his banner of love and fight in love and ensure that all glory goes to him. Like the only reason I'm doing what I'm doing now is because there is favor on my life. There's open doors of favor. It's not because I'm overly clever. I've already told you my background and I'm very open with my background because I don't want people to think that I'm incredibly well connected and born with a silver spoon in my mouth. And, you know, I didn't even graduate high school, folks. I didn't. But God sees, you know, the eyes of the Lord are roaming to and fro across the earth looking for who he can bless. And I've been here for quite some time saying, holla, hey, hey. (laughs) So as you guys start to do that as well, God will show up with his angels. He will show up. He will open doors of favor so that all together we can stand up and be like David's mighty men, be the mighty 300, be that remnant that absolutely changes an entire country on its axis so that we can become a sheep nation. We can become the great South land of the Holy Spirit. And for the people that are watching who are not spiritual and religious and go, what are you talking about, Rebecca? You're talking Christianese. Don't worry about it because if Christians actually start to stand up and actually invoke what the Bible tells them to do, you would see a very, very different church, folks, a very, very different Christian community. And that is the cry of my heart. The people would actually start to take what they read in the Bible and start to walk it out. And whether you believe in Christianity or not, I think that operating from a place of love and a place of kindness for other people is what is really needed here because there's so much hate. There's so much 
um, you know, just being nasty yeah. and mean to people. And we can overcome that with love. We can overcome that just with a smile. You know, I walk into, mm. like I said, I haven't worn a mask the whole time. And I normally don't get called on it. I just walk into a place and yeah. I've got a big smile on my face. And people just let me walk in because they, they're not used to seeing someone smiling anymore because everybody's faces are covered up and they yeah. can't see it. So I really think that, you know, it's in us to make this change. It's in us to actually move things forward. And it's very, very positive that that Love we're all light. doing this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, let me just see. Someone is asking, can here, it's Desiree Park. Can I list my PT business now that I've been terminated from my teaching job? So that's a service, not a, a, a good. Can she list that on your yeah, platform? Yeah, so right now we're a pro-privacy directory. Um, so goods and services right now. Uh, later on will be goods, um, but services will always be important. So, yeah, come on. Come on, come all. All right, fantastic. And someone's asking a question about um, what other social media platforms we stream live to. Joe, thank you for answering that question. We stream live to Odyssey. So if you are trying to get away from Facebook, like we are trying to get away from Facebook, then please join us on Odyssey. Um, there is, will be a link to that on our website tomorrow afternoon on the AVN website. So please um, join us there. Once we get enough people on Odyssey, we can say bye-bye to Zuckerberg. And I will be a very happy camper um, for doing that. So um, Anna Costa is asking, what is a mandate pack? Yeah, so it's a digital information pack uh, where we've collated a whole bunch of different bits of information that will be helpful to you. And uh, if you are an employee or, or a small business owner right now, it will help you to sort the trash from the treasure because there's a lot of Chinese whispers on social media. There's a lot of people that claim to know what they're talking about, but they don't necessarily. And all the information that we have is taken either from lawyers themselves or from governmental websites. And until we're able to set up alternate societies, which I know that there are lots of people out there that want to do that, you're still in, in a current infrastructure. And the only thing that's going to stand up in a court of law is what is agreed upon to be the law, which is, you know, why the First Nations people have had such a rough trot because white people just don't, don't, say, don't believe that their law is law. So if people don't agree with it, then they don't stand by it. So that's what a Mandate Info Pack is. You can find it on the website under Legal Packs and um, it's only $10, nine ninety seven. That's it. And we have a link to the Fair Business Australia website at the top of this broadcast in the show notes. So please make a note of that. It will be there tomorrow, of course, but um, please make a note of that so you know how to get here. Somebody is asking why you are using the evil QR codes. Are QR codes evil? Well, I think it's what it links to. So you, you could say that the media is evil. You could say that the internet is evil. It really depends what you're looking at. And right now, uh, the quickest way to get information out to people is by using a QR code. Uh, it cuts down on printing costs because if we were to print massive A4 you know, information packs for every single business owner that may or may not take a look at us, that would be less money for the legal funds. Yeah. So it's really taking the resources that we have and making wise decisions moving forward. Um, QR codes are probably going to be here to stay. 
Um, I personally would rather have a QR code than have a chip in my hand. So if, if it's a, you know, if it's a choice between the two, I'd choose the QR code any, any day of the week. Um, so it, it is about using the technology and the resources that are available to you, um, but doing it uh, with utmost integrity and yep, goodness of heart. It. Yeah, it's, it's a tool. It's not in and of, in and of yeah. itself evil, I think. Um, Anna no. DiNardo said, can you run us through what we do about getting the affidavit for the elections? Now, it's not an affidavit, is it? It's a stat deck. Yeah, so it's a, it's a stat deck and it's, I mean, it's very simple to, you can download a stat deck of most governmental websites. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll start to roll that out as we're able. I'm going to be having conversations with lots and lots of independents over the next five months. And I would say that most independents will be happy to take on this initiative. Um, if you know a JP, uh, please tell them that this is what we're talking about doing because without a JP, a stat deck isn't really worth the paper it's written on. That's the way that things are right now. Yep. Uh, so if we can have a JP at multiple polling booths, you don't need to have it at every single one. You just need to be able to say, well, you know, even 10% of the polling booths, the major polling booths, we can't actually guarantee election integrity because there seems to be a difference between the numbers that were counted and the stat decks that we've got here. Well, then that means the entire election, there's then a question mark over it. So it's just about showing, you know, just enough evidence to where we might need to look at doing it again so that we can protect ourselves. Yeah, it's a good idea. In America, the voting machines are the problem, and I don't think we use voting machines in Australia, but uh, it's it's easy enough to change votes or to not count some, um, and there's not a lot of oversight, yeah. sadly. So um, that's very yeah. true. Now, sorry, I just realized that my computer was not plugged in and the battery was about to die, but that's all good. <laughs> all right, so um, Ginny Roberts says, FBA is working on having their own version. I don't know what FBA is. I'm assuming you mean one of the uh, the stat decks, but um, let me see. Yeah, give us more information because FBA is Fair Business Australia, which is me, and I don't know. I don't think that's what you're talking about. <laughs> no. <laughs> so I'm not sure. I'm not really sure. Uh, let me just see. So let me see. Uh, I apologize. I'm just trying to see. There's so many comments, but not a whole lot of questions. Uh, and guys, please don't argue about religion. We can all tolerate other people's beliefs. And I am not a religious person myself, but I love the fact that people believe in religions and that they want to um, live a life that is basically made to help others, which is exactly what I see Rebecca doing. So um, let's just look for the good in people and not start getting tied up in things like this. Uh, so <laughs> Rowena says, I want to hear Rebecca sing again. <laughs> That's funny. So let's just see. <laughs> um, all right. I don't see any more questions that I can see offhand. Um, so at this point, we've been here for about a little over an hour. I just want to know if there is anything that we have not discussed that you would like to cover before we finish off. I've, I've found your talk amazing and very positive. Thank you. Thank you. I, you know, I just think you need to just look 
where people put their money where their mouth is. So um, for those people who I did offend by uh, talking about something that you uh, probably have got past experience with that has been negative, I also have negative past experience with church as well and with religion. So I am sorry for the times that you have encountered less than love. And uh, I know that the church needs to deeply apologise for the amount of ostracising that uh, a lot of people have experienced through that. Um, but as, as long as light and love is at the, at the centre of decisions um, for whoever I meet, I'm willing to partner with anybody and have conversations with anybody, uh, no matter what religion or non-religion or whatever. And I, I don't think of myself as a religious person because um, for those reasons. But I don't think apart from that there's anything else that that we haven't covered, Meryl. I don't okay. think so. All right. Fantastic. Well, we will be watching what Fair Business Australia is doing. And please keep us up to date as you get closer to the election. And we're happy to... Um, put up that you have information on your website because I know last election we had a lot of people um, asking us who they should vote for, how they should vote, all of this stuff and we try to stay apolitical so we just basically say vote for the people who will support you but that's pretty um, you know nondescript so if we can send them your way to get that information that would be brilliant that would be absolutely brilliant Okay, so thank you so much, Rebecca. Thank you, everyone, for attending tonight. Um, It was wonderful having you along, and we will see you next Sunday again on Under the Wire. Take care. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks, Meryl.